0: simply cannot deny the fact that CLM technology has absolutely taken center stage as the darling of legal tech solving what can be a major pain point for many law departments the contracting function now as you've been sitting here even just listening to this podcast chances are you've received an email or seen a post on social about the many benefits that CLM tech can provide and there is no question that is the case But there is some serious work that needs to happen on the front end before you even consider tech to make sure you're getting the most value out of your investment. Of course, this is not like any other function and tech project within the law department. In this podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by the CLM guru and industry pro herself, Lucy Basley. Lucy is the author of CLM Simplified. She's the founder of InnoLaw Group, a CLM consultancy, and former assistant general counsel at Microsoft. Lucy, thank you so much for joining me again. Now, the Association of Corporate Counsel just released their 2023 annual survey of chief legal officers, and CLM technology continues to be the number one focus for in-house technology investment. And of course, there are a ton of options on the market, and it can be very compelling or maybe even confusing for those who are looking to take this step. But before you even start to look at technology, what are your recommendations for anyone who's considering how they might optimize this function? Where do they even begin?
1: Absolutely. So my favorite question, uh, because that pre-work, the, the kind of homework, let's call it, uh, before we get into CLM technology is often overlooked, and it is so important. I will go so far as to say it is nearly impossible to have a successful CLM technology implementation without doing that pre-work and, and that homework. Um, obviously, like, um, like any school assignment, you can you know, really kill yourself and make the perfect, perfect deliverable and the perfect homework. Uh, Or you can at least do something and you want to get at least partial credit. This is definitely an area where something is better than nothing. So some of the things that I'll go through in a minute, they really aren't intended to be um, must do all, must do all perfectly before you you consider technology. But you have to at least think about some of these things. It really should be... um, food for thought more than anything and then there's a couple of things that I'll recommend that really are kind of a you know start here first uh, our biggest bang for your buck um so so at the highest level you know the the general homework is you, you kind of have to understand how contracts flow today across the company and into legal how do they get there why do they come to legal what what does legal do with them once they're there how much uh you know pr- kind of reviewing and and, um, touching of this contract needs to happen before the lawyering can really start. And that's what really the whole point of all the readiness and and this pre-work is figuring out what is the biggest value that the legal team can bring into this contracting lifecycle, into the contracting process. All too often we hear about the in-house teams that are over-functioning, and that means that they are doing tasks that are either administrative or tasks that are low low value uh, in relation to contracts. So a couple of quick hits that I could recommend um, in terms of this pre-work. Before you jump to CLM technology, um, make sure you have a a pretty crisp uh, legal review policy. Just keep it simple, but be able to articulate so the business can understand when legal should be involved in contracts and when the business can function independently. Yes, all of this is easier said than done, but I've lived it and breathed it and it's also doable. So just jotting that down and kind of setting that rule so it's not anecdotal and the business isn't guessing goes a long way to number one, reduce the workload of the legal team of non-value work, hopefully. But number two, it sets expectations for the business. And that's the beauty that technology brings is it can then automate steps uh, and and functions uh, and things that are happening already today, but are happening anecdotally without any predictability. So doing that review policy is kind of a a requirement, I'm going to say, if you're going to start anywhere. From there comes all the other homework. Once you have a policy like that, it presumes that you're going to be able to enable and empower the business to handle contracts independently. In order for them to do that, they have to know that that is now their job. So you're going to need a roles and responsibilities matrix. Uh, Then you're going to have to empower them and enable them with the right content and material so they can... Have the right templates, so you can sleep well at night, and that they have negotiation guides and playbooks, so that again you can sleep well at night. They're negotiating the terms the way you would like, or as close as to what you would like, and then that creates this kind of, um, you know, box of goodies basically that uh, that all come together uh, for this pre-work. While you're going through this this homework, you can start assessing CLM technology, but just this exercise of realizing that you have. These steps to take uh, will enable you, I think, to make a better choice as you're looking into the CLM systems because they're going to want answers to these questions. They're going to want to know what comes to legal, why, how does it get there, Uh, where are the templates, where are the playbooks, do we upload those, right? They're going to try to automate things that may not exist, so you kind of have to start that homework. Long answer, (laughs) no, because uh, there's a lot to do, but not because it's so really uh, complex. It's not rocket science, I promise you that. (laughs)
0: Now let's just take a second and just. I just want to focus in on the the conversation around the legal review policy because I think this is is maybe a, a bit harder not to crack. What are your recommendations to anyone who might get stalled on this particular stage or has is struggling with this particular phase?
1: So it's. Not, I would say it's not easy to come up with a legal review policy. Uh, when you're tasked with it. It's not something you do off the cuff. It really is a kind of series of levers that you can pull to come up with what works in your company. Um, Small law departments definitely will struggle with this more than others because you're now saying no um, to certain work that others are expecting you to do but you have to control that destiny. So you get to define what lands on your desk. That is also my moment of uh, free therapy. You get to decide what lands on your desk. A lot of legal teams don't live that philosophy. Um, and that's um, that's kind of not okay. In-house lawyers are there to support the business, hundred percent. That is why these roles exist. That is the role I lived and breathed and enjoyed every minute of, but that doesn't mean that my time is dictated uh, by the business. Only I know how to best use my time. So coming up with that legal review policy, you have to think about it as a couple of different levers. Uh, one lever is a dollar threshold or, or you know, sorry, fiscal and a numerical threshold in the value of the contract. Um, that of course means that there are going to be some maybe lower value contracts that potentially have some type of risk to them. All of this is about smart risk taking. That is the entire exercise of a legal review policy. It is doing the hard work, and accepting smart risks. Uh, another lever um, could be you know, a particular type of transaction. NDAs, my favorite kind of contract. That is the first place to start with empowering the business. Give them a two-page template. I challenge you all uh, and have them run with that template without ever coming back to legal again. That is a dream state. Um, so particular type of you know, contract uh, or a particular type of transaction, and I might have used the word interchangeably, but let's not. Let's really think about that transaction. You can write a legal review policy that basically says anytime you're trying to accomplish this type of a a purchase, let's say, you're trying to spend money to sponsor an event uh, and it doesn't require you to provide any names and, you know, you can kind of craft out all of your um, points of concern of legal risk and that could be how you design your policy. So these are all levers that are uh, there for the pulling and it's really up to that lead legal you know, department leader or, or lead lawyer, if you, if you are a solo, um, to figure out what you're comfortable with. All of this, of course, has to fit into your company culture. It just does. Uh, it has to fit into your company, col- uh, not just culture, but your risk tolerance at the company. If you have a super conservative CFO, they're not going to like any of your smart risk-taking potentially. And they're gonna expect, actually, that's why they hired you is to mitigate every possible risk. On the other hand, if you have a CEO who's running business at the speed of light with very little caution for risk, they're gonna want your policy to be um, quite, quite open, uh, quite liberal, let's say. So lots of levers uh, and it has to fit within the culture.
0: Oh, that's great, Lucy. Thank you for that. So now if you are embarking on a a tech uh, implementation journey yourself, you've gone through the exercise of of nailing down your legal review policy, your templates, your processes, all those playbooks, all, all the things that you talked about, what should you keep in mind at this particular stage of the technology evaluation? Any tips that you can share from previous experiences on where to focus or what to avoid?
1: Um, number one trap, boiling the ocean. We want this technology to solve all my contracting problems. Um, it won't. Just know that going in, it won't. So prioritize your pain points. Prioritize the problem. Think about um, the smaller problems that you can win by solving quicker with technology and Implement some of those, start with those. Save some of the bigger, more complex problems uh, for automation to a little bit later because you want to get wins along the way. A, you're going to build credibility. Uh, B, you're going to build a nice little sponsorship list internally of people who you can rely on and count on uh, when the going gets tough with tech implementations because it inevitably will. So number one kind of aha or gotcha is uh, over- overreaching over over overexcitability of just how much tech can solve that. That's probably the top, top recommendation I have. Keep it simple.
0: Now, Lucy, you are, as I mentioned earlier, you've written the book on the topic, uh, CLM Simplified, uh, which is a fantastic resource for anybody looking to, um, to take this journey, some very pragmatic tips there. And of course you have an event coming up in New York in March. Do you want to just talk a little bit about what, uh, what we might expect to see?
1: Oh, absolutely! Thank you for the opportunity. Um, You know, there's kind of this labor of love topic for me with CLM. I've I've loved contracting for well over a decade, closer to two. Let's not talk about that though. Just trust me; it's been a long time. Um, You know, my former team used to always say they made fun of me. I'm like, I'm the only one in the world who thinks contracting is sexy. Well, it feels like uh, others have woken up, and CLM is such a hot topic. Unfortunately, what happens when it is such a hot topic is there's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of not valuable content. Um, there's a lot of technology that just got a lot of VC money before the economic downturn in the last couple of months. Um, so there's a lot of young CLM tech companies that are really pushing hard to make sales. Um, and in-house lawyers, they're the buyers. They're busy. They're busy with their day jobs and they're being kind of uh, quickly trying to make decisions on technology without doing the readiness and the homework we discussed. uh, And they're being shown some really shiny, exciting demos All that comes to say, as a labor of love, uh, yes, I wrote a book. We're coming out right now with a second edition and it's called the Tech Edition, specifically TAD content around how do you pick the right vendors? How do you make sense of all the CLM related technologies on the market? Um, And coupled with that really kind of just in time in March uh, March 10th in New York, we're holding the first of its kind, a CLM only event. Um, US uh, attorneys can get continuous education credit for it. So we are offering CLE credits. And it's really all day about CLM. We're going to do hands-on exercises and get people ready. Uh, We, of course, are going to have CLM technologies there to to poke and prod and touch and test and feel. And they're going to do demos. Um, It it really is intended to be a highly substantive event, not uh, not your average conference where you might get some cool socks or other swag, but um, I'm here to give away substantive swag. So I'm very Mm -hmm. excited about that.
0: Thank you so much, Lucy. As always, I really enjoy our conversations together. Uh, So for anyone who's interested in signing up for the event, they can register at clmsimplifiedacademy.com, taking place on March 10th in New York. Should be a very uh, exciting day for those who are looking to uh, get a little bit more hands-on approach um, for their uh, CLM journey. Thanks again, Lucy, and looking forward to continuing our conversation.
1: Thank you so much, It It's my pleasure. And you know, contracting is everyone's problem. So anything we can do to to simplify it, that's a, that's a good day in the office. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs>